Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prince Podcast here on podcastjuice.net. My name is Michael Dean, and we got a real one today. I want to say we got a special guest, but we got we have a real one today as well. Mr. Chaz Smith. Sir, how are you? I'm doing well, brother. Yes, sir. Nice introduction. I love it. <laughs> and and for those who don't know, I can give a little bit of, of, of history, but here Chaz is cousin of Prince. Uh, one of the original members of uh, Grand Central Station. I'm saying that correctly. And if you... uh, no, it's, oh. it actually, let me stop you. There it's you Grand Central, and I'm the original Prince's original first drummer. The first Not just because, okay. but his first drummer he ever had. Our band was just me and Prince at first. We went around in talent shows when I was seven, mm. and Prince was five years old. We're going around doing talent shows, playing the Man from Uncle on Prince <laughs> on the piano, and me on the drums wow and uh yeah so we were we were knocking out people playing before we, andre even came in the mix it was just me and prince okay so i'm and glad I you brag because I, I yeah no no, no i'm glad you you, you set that, that straight up. straight set me on straight on that and can you yeah, just me and prince were the first ones okay so you're the original we had we oh i'm gonna just tell you how original that my my great aunt which is his his aunt great aunt and my i mean his great aunt is my grandmother my grandmother and his mm -hmm. grandmother's sisters so my grandmother, we would all go over to Prince's aunt's house, mm -hmm. his grandmother's house to um, to uh, have Thanksgiving. I hope I'm saying that right. So get, people go like, how are you related? And I go like, <laughs> our grandmothers are sisters. There you so go. if that makes any sense. But so his grandmother was my great aunt. My grandmother was his great aunt. So I think that clears it up. Okay. And we would go over to my Aunt Mary's house. And we would all meet over there because that was my grandma's and Prince's grandmother's sister too, my Aunt Mary. So we're all at her house. And when I first meet Prince and stuff, my Aunt Mary had an old organ in the corner. Mm. And me and, he, me and Prince, before I even got a chance to even say anything, and he even said anything to me, we both were looking at that organ and trying to get to it. Wow. So that's how it all started. And, and we, he snuck his little way over there, and I snuck my way over after we were looking each other up and down, trying to figure each other out. Because <laughs> uh, I'd just lost my mother mm. um, to an anesthesiologist accident out in Los Angeles. So we just came home fresh off that. And um, we'd spend the uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. We'd always meet at my and Mary's house. So that's when okay. I first, me and Prince checked each other out. We had been around each other as babies and kids because I have later found pictures of how far we go back. So I would say I'm probably, with exemption of the uh, Taika and everyone mm -hmm. and uh, the immediate family, we're, I'm probably the first cat you know, uh, that, you know, really Prince and I have just rolled together. And I mean, when, uh, his sister did Prince's eulogy at the memorial after he passed, she talked about me, the influence that I had, I had no idea Oh wow! that, okay. that Prince looked up to me, the preacher who was giving the eulogy about Prince started talking about little Charles. And that's what they called me back in the day. Cause my dad's big Charles and I was little Charles. So, wow. um, when he when he broke that down, I didn't know what to think because he never Prince never said anything. I never knew he paid attention to me to do so. There's three things that Little Charles got Prince into, and Prince was influenced by. He said, drums, basketball, and women. And <laughs> okay. I said, I, everybody in the place started looking around. I was going like, <laughs> now I had no idea, and my cousins and everybody are staring at me, going, they didn't know they know we rolled together, but I never knew I had that kind of influence on him and my falsetto singing and just it was just really uh, special to me to actually hear this 
genius say that because I knew he was the bomb back then. I know people don't want to believe it. Mm. They're probably going, oh, man, you didn't know that I was going. I knew I didn't couldn't predict that kind of success because we that was out of the atmosphere to us. We just wanted to be as good as the Jackson 5. We wanted to challenge them, looks-wise, everything in music. So that we, I couldn't have believed that. I said, oh, yeah, we can get them because we knew they had the show on TV on Saturday where they were playing hoops on the court. We wanted that. And we knew we could ball outball them because, you know, Prince had a reputation of being a baller where he got it from us. Well, let me ask you. Let, let me ask you a question based off of that. Just if we can go deeper, and and uh, you know, this is illustrating this for you know maybe some of the younger listeners that wasn't around back then. You know, you hear Michael right. Jackson and Jacksons, but talk to me yeah. about how big that was for you because I remember Michael Jackson. Jackson was was a huge deal, but can you illustrate how that affected you guys? Oh man! Well, when we heard "I Want You Back" was the first single that we always listened to anything that we could get our hands on. So when I Want You Back came out, we actually thought it was a girl singing. Mm. And when we checked it out, and it was the Jackson 5, they had, we were blown completely away. They played their own instruments. They had a cousin that played the drums in the band. I mean, we re- immediately were always researching when we'd see something. We'd go like, how did that, how did that happen? Who, who's in the group? How did they pick the members and everything? So we were intrigued by them. And then plus they had their own TV show. You know, they, were, they mm-hmm. played... Uh, like I said, they played their instruments, they sang and played, and we we could do that. So, you know, that's what we dug. They had a huge impact on the way we felt, and, the, and older artists as well. But um, when the Jackson 5 came out, they were, our Jermaine was my age, you know, and uh, uh, a couple of our, of our members of the band were the same age as Mike and, and, and Marlon. And if, if we could, we tried to have it, you know, we wanted it, we had froze like them. We wanted to, they influenced us big time. Plus they were classy looking and they were freaks. They were free. And that's what we were trying to do. We didn't want to be just some regular group ever. We just, we wanted to be just what we wanted to be. And we seen them doing that. They had the cool clothes, the, the hip uh, cars, everything was dope. They, we loved it. Wow. Big influence. All right. Listen, we, we're going to get into the, the history uh, of things because that's a that's a huge component and it, you know it's history and it's, it's educational but i'm gonna keep this all the way real and honest and we gotta i've been saying this all morning because uh you sent me a couple of clips to look at which i'd seen them before but i watched them again and uh it was like the headline news program i oh, believe yeah. and then also a clip from uh cbs with yourself oh, yeah. and kirk johnson and, oh. and, and let, let me say this before we get into this conversation because I know people are going to be listening. I always say this to myself. You have to... So we have... You see, there is so much energy about the tributes and, you know, museums and, mm-hmm. and, and all of this celebratory stuff, which I I think is great. You have to have that. Mm-hmm. But you also have to have the same energy when it comes yes, to sir. getting to the bottom of why we're having these celebrations and, and tributes because it was one thing for people to stand next to you when it's going good and everyone's breaking bread and you know yeah, all of sure. that good stuff but you also have to have that same energy when you say, hey w- what happened to prince what wh- what's the what's the truth now let me also state this and i'm gonna shut up i'm not family you know i'm an outsider i'm a fan you know some may call me a journalist but what I am is I would respect that 
hey, this is a family conversation and and family will get the answers, not necessarily us as fans. But I will say as a fan and as a person who thinks that Prince's legacy is important, what he means to people is important and the lessons that we can learn from everything is can help the next man or woman in their life. So. Oh man, I love that uh, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah. So when I have, so by you know, one of the main things that have you here because I know you have the the, the, the associated with the uh, hashtag Justice for Cuz. Oh yeah. And that's that that whole movement, and that's an important part of the conversation that may not, in my opinion, is not getting the spotlight as much as all the other stuff. And I can understand why because it's it's not a comfortable conversation, but oh, it no must doubt. happen. It's just as important, if not more important, than the music rights and all yes, of that other conversation, right? Uh, we need to yeah. know what happened to this man. <laughs> yes, man. You know, yes, so sir, man. Oh, you're hitting it real. You're on the real on this one. So, with that said, man, um, from your perspective, you are family. So, have they? And we can start here, and, and I'm gonna let you sort of walk us through. But have you, the family? gotten some answers to what happened to Prince? Well, let me be, there's some things that I, that I can because it's still an open sure. investigation. So obviously when we were here and he passed, I got a meet calls immediately and they said it was a death investigation. So immediately, I'm just trying to clear this up for sure. I, I, didn't, I didn't think anything else, but what happened to him? something happened that wasn't cool when that plane he's supposed to died on the plane. And of course, you know, my phone blew up and everybody was talking about it. And some people were saying things and some people were not, but, um, I, uh, I, I immediately knew there was some type of bad energy that, that there shouldn't, it shouldn't have been there. And I took it from there. I, I, I didn't, I didn't get into the, you know, the celebration part of it. I really didn't. I was, deeply uh affected by it and i can't explain to you it's not it was i didn't want anything it's i wasn't an heir i didn't want to be an heir i knew that i was his real cousin i know a lot of people are fronting that they had so much to do with him you know as a paid and employee paid employee or so on i ain't knocking anybody and, and this by no means means i'm trying to um cut anybody down or anything like that this is just my opinion and a lot of my family, they didn't, they all felt like me, but they didn't have the, the, I would just say some of us are built to stand up and say things and that's cool. And then there's some of us that have to sit back mm -hmm. and, you know, watch the person that they, they feel can do it. And so my family felt the same way. I have other cousins and stuff. They were all absolutely given their opinion of what they thought happened to them. Now, as far as answers, it's still open, but I'm going to tell you this for this whole year. I have gotten so much information from people that either played with them, worked with them, had anything to do with them from the smallest to the biggest, to the fan, to journalists that I spoke to on a huge high level, to actually people that were bodyguards that were from the nation of Islam for Prince. And they were telling me things. They were, it, it was, it was, it was just, a, it's been just a, I've learned so much, man. I can't even tell you that. I don't know if I've had time to really kind of, uh, what you call mourning. Uh, my mother died when I was seven, so 
I, my perspective on death, life and death is, and I know a lot of people lose people, but for a seven-year-old to kind of lose their mom like that is... That's heavy. It was really heavy for me. I t- I, so I looked at it like, you know, there's more to it than, than what we're actually seeing and hearing. But as, like I was saying, um, not to veer off, um, all the information I was getting was confirming what I was thinking. But talking to the sheriffs, and I'm, I'm, I'm connected with them. They, they, they give me information as it comes in, so I do know I can't talk about it. But uh, like I said, the investigation is still open. And uh, they, they think something wasn't cool. So I'll leave it like that. All right. Um, again, just to have an honest conversation, that this is stuff that's out there. You know, you sent me the clip from the CBS News, and all of us fans seen that, you know. And I'm not, yes, let's sir. be clear. I wanted them to. I'm not <laughs> shitting on nobody. I have respect for every man. But, you know, I want to know what you thought. You were a part of that clip. Uh, what did you think of some of those direct sort of questions that the uh, reporter had for Kirk Johnson. Uh, what well, was well, your I'll give opinion? you, I, I, I'll, I'll let you know exactly how that actually, I was just actually, that journalist know, uh, worked, my daughter worked for this uh, CBS local here as uh, uh, she was working at the front desk and she got a friendship with that journalist that did the report. They remained friends. And when Prince passed, she reached out to my daughter, kind of like, here's a connect I got. I can, I can actually find out from family what really is going down. Mm-hmm. Her name is Jamie Lucas. Lucas, Jamie Lucas, she'll kill me if I get that wrong. <laughs> um, Jamie had already interviewed me right after Prince passed. She was working in New York. She came here and sat up and, and, and got my emotions and everything captured everything. We talked behind the scene about what we thought had happened to him. Mm-hmm. So she captured that. And they were going to do a show on just that on what I was speaking about then. But all of a sudden, all that uh, stuff happened with Trump, and they had to take their focus somewhere else. But she kept it and said, wherever she figured she could probably put it, or when they were going to read, they would be able to show the program with the interview with me and her, they would, she would let me know. Mm. So all of a sudden, my wife and I, we look up and we see the CBS, she's working, she's got, you know, she was here locally, but then in the time between us speaking and Prince passing, she got a job, a big time job was state got put out in New York. So she, uh, she said, I'm getting ready to interview Kurt Johnson. And I said, wow, that's, that's tripping to me. So she's the one that put me in there. Cause she believed what I thought. Cause I told you we had spoken and I didn't know I was going to even be, I didn't know she was going to do it like that where Kirk would be, you know, and I had no idea Kurt was going to act like that. So, but she was trying to bring out what I really believe. Mm-hmm. She was kind of trying to do the family a favor by kind of giving us a, you know, a view. Cause there are some people that still, you know, I wasn't trying to blame anybody. Don't let me get this completely straight out here. Mm-hmm. I wasn't blaming Kirk. Wasn't saying anything about him. And that's not why she put that together with Kirk. Cause he, he's the one that started talking. But I can't tell you how many people think that there's something up with him. So it is what it is. So I'm just keeping it 1,000. Sure. I mean, you know, so, so she did that to kind of, you know, weed him out because he probably didn't think 
Because then I got all of a sudden people started coming at me from his camp. I knew it was his camp. People were saying little, all kinds of little negative things. And I was going, is that all y'all got? I let that stuff bounce off me. So have you like had said, a chance? I, have you had a chance or family members that you're in contact had a chance to actually speak to him? And let me let me let me let me put this. I, it's a shame that I have to say all this, but I, I have to say it because people are run with it. Oh, man. Speak the truth. Man. Listen, if something happened to your family or friends and you know that they mans or whoever the, somebody was there and that's, you know, y'all know who they are. They're cool with the family and something happened to your family members. General principle, you're going to go holler and say, hey, man, tell me what happened? What happened? Yeah, what course. happened? You know of what I'm course. saying? We got to get course. at you. If there isn't a conversation, it can go all sort of different ways. You, you know, that is what it exactly. is. Exactly. So I see where you're going with this. Right. So I'm just trying well, to well, understand. Can, what did, did, yeah. Does the family had a chance to holler at him and say, man, you know, t- leave you the know cameras. To me, my brother, a, you know, know what's really, what blows me completely away. Not only, not only family. But I'm I'm freaked out of the fact that band members, former band members, and like I said, I've spoken to a whole lot of band members that are really feeling the way that I'm feeling about it, that that there's something that really went crazy, went really wrong with all of those people that were around Prince. And I'm just going to cut it exactly like it is. I I know it's an uncomfortable situation. Some of my family's still around them. So, and I've had to walk up in Paisley Park for things that were done for Grand Central, I had had to walk in there and and be in his in his view. He's never come up and said anything to me, which is interesting. Like I, I all I know is I will come up. And like I said, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. But if if me and the brother's cool, I'm gonna walk up to him and go, whatever reason, I'm gonna go like, yo, man, I'm sorry for your loss, blah 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 blah. Because he, you know, everybody knew he's my cousin since day one. I've never hidden that. So. You know, you, you know me, Kirk. You could have came up and said, you know, show some love. Because everybody else in the, in the joint was coming up and showing me some love. So I was going like, dude, I ain't going to bang on you about it here. But you really are completing suspicions that I have. But like I said, other family members and close friends that I, and musicians that I know should know better are rolling with them. And I don't understand it to me. And, you know, it, it's one thing to go. Even, see, to me, even the silence projects guilt to me because I've been talking all along and there are people, there there are people in my family didn't want me to talk. You know, there are people in my family on the other side of Prince's family that were going, they didn't even want us coming to the memorial. And I found, I found all that strange. Not my, not Tyka's side of the family because that's me and Prince's side of the family. That's how we're related. Prince's dad's side of the family did not want us there. Our family there. I ain't trying to start no stuff, but that's just the real you know, and I was like, oh, I love Tyka for fighting for that because she, she was in control of that. And we didn't, we didn't, but I, w- I, w- I would have been real missed if we didn't get a chance to go. But we were, we were invited, and all I did was come in there and I started checking everybody out. I wanted to know, uh, there's a lot of things I don't trust about, a whole lot of stuff that's going on. Because at one point, um, one, of the, one of the family members on, on Prince's dad's side sued him. And being that I'm all Prince, always finding, figuring out, always was paying attention to everything this man did since he got in this business. And I have information and, and, and paperwork and, and articles and everything you can name. You just would be blown away of the stuff I've collected from 1978 when he got in this deal till when he passed last year. And that's me speaking out. Not really many people that you've seen out here today who have been talking 
They weren't talking when Prince was alive. I found that to be absolutely crazy too. And now they're all loving and, 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 and all that. And, they, and if you're in a, if you're really in the mix here in Minnesota, because this is how it works, because it's 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 a it's an intimate group of people, musicians, and a crowd of people that hang out together and been hanging out together since Prince made it. Mm-hmm. So you get all the juicy information. Got all that, man. So that conversation about Kirk is really going around. You can you can believe it. And I know on the fans' point, they've been reaching out to me all the way across the sea, mm-hmm. over in Manchester, London. People just have been, you know. Support right. like you can't believe. So, yeah, like I said, man, I, I all I can do is just I'm almost an outsider, and I just assume that you know. Why well, go? What do you think? I, you know, well, some of the journalists <laughs> pulled me aside and said they immediately were 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 thinking it was strange that uh, there's mislabeled bottles in the in in Prince's. See, see, to me, even Prince living in the studio was crazy to me. Not too many people are deep enough to understand all the. How, they, how this game is played. Mm. But uh, that's why I never really wanted to be being a prince. Told me I could play with anybody. And he didn't really, I could just tell, he's like, you don't want to be in this. Well, let, Chaz, let, as much as you, yeah. go ahead. No, 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 I don't want to cut you off, but I, I just want to, you know, sort of keep casting some questions, let you go. But uh, I want to push back a little bit, you know, it, it do my job to, do, to say, somebody would say, well, Chaz, uh, are you just mad you're not a part of, you wasn't a part of, you know, was he talking to you later in life or that type of stuff? I mean, what do you answer yeah, for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I get, that's some, that's some hate. That's some hate. It, that doesn't make any sense to me because I go, he's my cousin. I grew up with him. That was enough. I never been, first of all, I'm jealous of no man. I was a, I ran my neighborhood. Prince grew up with me. He was following me around. Andre and him, I brought all them guys into my camp. You're talking about a hustler. The, the, truly getting gigs for us and everything. I've never regretted, not at one point, of him doing and becoming what he became. I was nothing but proud. You can ask anybody that knows me or has read an article that I've spoken in. I've nothing but nothing but praise. And I totally was influenced of the fact me being a drummer and he became the great drummer that he was. And all the drummers that played with him, I studied all of them, and 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 continuing to. And there were people that Prince let go that or around. They quit listening to Prince's music. They hated on him. And then at, after he passed, I seen them going out and they're playing in concerts and doing tours and tributes to him. So you don't see me doing tributes. You see me going like, I'm going to find out what happened to my cousin. Because I believe that every man deserves justice. At any point in time, I don't care who you are, how much money you have. You deserve, especially our people, with the, especially in the music business. I'm seeing it, and Prince and I have seen it before he passed. And I know he was thinking, if he was here, you know, yeah, they got me, man, you know, because I told him they didn't want him around, no family and no friends. From, I heard that back when he got his deal in 1978. Stay away from family and friends. Why do you think they bad. said that? But, they, but, then they moved there, but then they moved all their family and friends in the mix and started working with Prince and was getting that, getting that bag. You know let, how that goes. Let, let me ask you, who, who is they? <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> uh, the record, the record company, the management, the people that they put out there to kind of frost the cake and kind of get you away from the people that could see that know that they could be. See, Prince's problem with me is that he never was around people that he really admired, like except for like Miles Davis and them big huge cats. And once they passed away, 
that he, people like George Duke, people like Stevie Wonder, he, he was he was impressed by them and people that were older and had he had respect for. Mm. But when you're around some people, that all they're doing is praising you. I mean, well, you know, you can you pretty much you don't you discount them whether you know whether they're great musicians or not. They weren't as great as him. There was nobody like Prince, period. But there were people that he admired, and Miles Davis and people like that could make Prince go like, oh, you know, because Prince had sent him a song, and Miles sent it back and said, I didn't need it. Prince didn't get mad. He said Prince understood from one artist to another. Miles was about, if it don't fit, you know, stay out of it. Find a place in there. If it does, I'll find a place if it works. But if it don't work, don't put it in there. And mm-hmm. Prince understood that. All real musicians do. Mm-hmm. Nope. To answer your question on a big wide scope, and I like to settle everybody down. I'm the one of the only people in the entire world. We got other cousins and stuff, but nobody grew, can can say or brag that they grew up playing with Prince. So I'm cool. I'm cool with just that part. And then plus, I've been able. I've been having blessed life since then. I didn't need to go run around and play and be all in that world with him. I knew he didn't want me in that. I never asked. I got, I got, I got my own deal myself. I didn't have to have like certain other artists needed songs from Prince in order to get their names out there. I would have got my stuff on my own. And people still said I sounded like Prince. Mm. You sound just like him. Are you sure he didn't work with this? I said, I wish he would have, but he didn't. All the haters come out. One thing I learned when you're doing something like the stuff that we were doing, I had no idea the crabs in the barrels, like my dad was telling me, you, you better watch out, son. It's going to be, Everybody's going to try to, well, I experienced it big time. So no, man, I, you know, I ain't never been nothing but love. I didn't like some of the things my cousin was doing. I always been real about that. I made it known to him too, that I didn't like it. If you didn't come to your mama's funeral, I don't care if you're Jehovah's witness or not. It's documented. I said something about it. They wrote about it. Hmm. Didn't nobody else say anything. Let me ask you about something. Nobody. Let me ask you about that. Not about the funeral. That That's not my place, but in terms of being able to tell Prince or, or people in that position. Uh, so was there a time where, you know, you were not accessible or Prince wasn't as ex- accessible to you or to other family members? Because you talked about, oh, I, I want to go back to when you talked about they and sort of people oh, that's around yeah, yeah. him versus somebody who could probably get in his ear and be like, hey, man. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It, it seemed like that's not, that was, that was part of the problem to me is that Anybody that would stand up or talk back, now I'm just keeping it 100. See, I was my dad raised me to be a leader of men, so I don't follow nobody. So when you tell me some stuff and it's the okie doke, I'm not rolling with it. <laughs> and I will tell you that straight up. But there were people around Prince at that time. At the beginning, they would have did anything, and they did do anything. I just wasn't the one. I got offered the gig to do when Prince. I've people don't even really know this. They're starting to wake up now uh, to the information. And it's not their fault because, you know, a lot of stuff with Prince's life was kind of miscued, you know, changed around. His mom was Italian. All I heard all kinds, I've been hearing all kinds of stuff, but his first keyboard player that he took on tour with her, she was my keyboard player in my band. And Prince had offered me the job with his group, his first group, when he did his first album for you in 1978. And I turned him down. I said, if I can't, he, he said, you could play percussion. He needed to have the dude, Bobby Rifkin, playing the drums because he needed a multi, you know, I heard the management, they wanted a multi-racial band. I didn't agree with that. And I can't tell you I wasn't mad about it because we grew up, you know, in the 60s. So I'm like, yo, brother, you know, we always made a pack. If you make it, 
you be, let's go get the rest of the brothers because we had a lot of talent in Minneapolis. So, you know, I, I was disturbed by that comment alone, and I said something about it. I made it known, and all them, all them cats was looking at me like, who is this? Oh, yeah, that's his cousin. We got to watch him. You know, I could see it in their faces. And so, you know, I turned it down, but I, I gave him his, the girl keyboard player that I brought with me, her name is Gail Chapman. You can look it up. Yeah. Facts. The first keyboard player. And she'll, she'll even tell you, I never told her that Prince was my cousin. I never told her I even knew him. And I was jamming with her, and I was, gonna, I was putting my own group together. Because I didn't really, you know, I didn't know how Prince was going to put his thing together. So I wanted the job. Don't get me wrong. Everybody in Minnesota wanted that gig. And probably around the world. Because we had, Prince had open auditions at this warehouse, warehouse called Dale's Tarmarts, where everybody came and tried to record. I had my drum set in there. Mm. It was about five G's back in the day. So that's a lot of money. And uh, I had my kid in there and that warehouse got robbed and my kid got taken out of there. So it's like, uh, I, uh, so some people really don't understand how really uh, hard these people can move to keep you away from. And I'm not going to say it wasn't Summer Prince wanting to be, because that's the kind of cat he was. Once he, once he felt like things weren't going the way he wanted them to, he could switch up. But if I wanted to go someplace, go to shows, he would leave me tickets. I wouldn't take them. He would leave me stuff. Have cars come to pick me up. I'd say, nah, man, I, I, you know, because I was mad about the, the warehouse drums, getting my drums being taken out of the warehouse, mm-hmm. the way he was running this whole thing. But it, I sounded like Sour Grace back then if I said that. So I just said, long as he made it because he knew what he was doing, and, he, and I'm just going to say this for the record. Prince had to do what he had to do to be him. So I never was mad at that. A little miffed at it, like, wow, you know, why you got to do it like that? Because I felt like, dude, you're a powerhouse by yourself. You don't need to listen to any of these cats that are telling you that. And I'm just going to tell you, it's just, it wasn't just, just the Warner Brothers people. It was just like, you know, the, it, I will say, uh, uh, I hate trying to be politically correct because I am not. I'm so anti all that crap. Um Man, uh, there's a certain segment of people that are always around our people <laughs> where we're being successful in music. Man, you, you, you're, you're on your politician right now. You're on your politician. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So that, that, that's all we're kicking like that because, you know, I know people be trying to come after their brother. But uh, y'all know who the usual suspects are when there's a, a black artist that makes it real big and they end up their money gets shaky and, you know, they're on drugs and some kind of madness. Uh, it's not, I'm not the only person that's spoken that, but I've seen the heat people have gotten by saying it, you know, so. Nah, I, I uh, get you. I get you. I, I know people can figure this out for themselves, especially the real fans. They know, they know what's up. All right. They know who I'm talking about. Well, t- take us back to, man, you know, just to give some more history and context you know, we've we've heard uh, some of the stories. You were the original drummer, and then you know Morris Day came in the picture, and, and that type of stuff. How early on was that? Um, let's see. Uh, we're fourteen. I'm a freshman in high school. Um, now you were older than those cats. Player. Were you older than a lot of the? Cats? Yeah, I was. Me and Morris both are two years older than that. Okay. So I was already at North and they still was at Lincoln junior high school where we were, we were dominating challenge shows and everything. And I had actually got us the, the gig at my high school 
North High School, and I was the quarterback on our football team. So I wasn't raised just to be able to do one thing. My dad said, whatever you do, be great at it. So I was great at sports, too. So um, I heard Andre tell the story about how I got out of the group was that I wasn't coming to practice because um, I was coming late because I was going to, you know, playing football. I thought them guys thought that was dope that I was able to do, you know, because we had that crowd that I was, that was rolling with me of my age group and they had their age group of people digging us. So we had a, we had a, a great following, uh, a lot of love in the neighborhood, a lot of love in the community. That's real facts. Mm. And, uh, it was, it was, it was, I thought it was a cool thing. I, I never seen the, you know, the whole thing. Uh, let's see, let me get back to 14. I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, we're going 15, 16. We're, we're, like I said, I'm a freshman. I meet Morris because Andre told the story a little different. Uh, this is just the facts to me. Morris, I was asked to take Morris Day around our school because he was new coming from Champaign or someplace in Illinois. Rock Island, no, that's Jesse's from Rock Island. I think it's Champaign. I may be wrong about that. Don't quote me on the place, but I know it was Illinois. He wasn't from, from our hometown. And I, I liked the dude, and my teacher said, would you chaperone him around and introduce him to everybody? So I did. I even introduced him to my band. So the way Andre tells it that, they, that Morris was hounding them, that's, he may have been doing that behind my back. But I, I had just heard that for the first time, that that kind of little stuff was going on. Because I thought that in all real true essence, that I was doing us a you know, service by getting us to gigs, uh, and actually being a cool enough friend to even bring people around our band, because I was very careful about the kind of people I did bring, because I knew people wanted to be next to what we were doing. And uh, I went and seen Morris play himself. He's a, he was a, incredible. He blew me away. I was going, yo, dude. And as a drum, one drummer to the next, though our styles were different, I really took to Morris like, let's woodshop, woodshed together and uh, learn stuff from each other. So that's the way I looked at it. I didn't know the dude was chirping in, in Andre and them guys' ear to take my spot, which our band was so dope, I guess I would have did the same thing. It's not my character to be like that, but you got to be a certain kind of dude to me <laughs> to, to, you know, kind of, uh, I would say, sneak up and try to, you know, influence people and take their band. But I, did, I learned a, a big lesson from all that madness because that's how the music business works. <laughs> I was getting introduced to it, and, and Morris's family was a little more his mother and the guys who eventually ended up managing those guys mm-hmm. uh, was uh, more savvy than we were. I mean, we weren't stupid or anything like that because we had managers before that and, and everything, but that slick move they pulled on me. And then they ended up playing the gig that I got us the gig for, that we auditioned for, that I was playing the drums on. And, I, and all my whole school could see the things. They, they might have thought that everybody loved them on that. They, they was like totally hated on that, especially my crew of people. They was like, because I, I had just left the football team. I had left. I told them that I was not, they were going to need more time for me, more commitment on the weekend. I said, I can't do it. And they said, well, my coach sat me down and said, you got to make a decision. Mm-hmm. You're either going to play football or you're going to play music. And I looked at them and I, and I was loyal to my crew. I said, I'm, I got to go with my boys. I'm playing music. So the football team totally pissed at me. My friends, I grew up playing sports all my life. Quit talking to me. And you were the quarterback? Quarterback, baby. Wow. For real. Man. Seriously. 
And, and he, Kerry Lewis was was in the backfield. Really? Because <laughs> we, we me and Kerry Lewis came up playing football, pot board, you know, pee wee. <laughs> he was a monster. So I had to, we, we you know, he, you see what kind of bass player he ended up being, being, being the bass player in the time. And right. we used the kind of the athletic part of our, our persona and put it in our music. Because, you know, that energy, you can see it even when you see Prince and them. It's all, it's all there. It's all packaged. But, you know, Morris wasn't hustling like that. I ain't trying to knock the brother. He did end up being a superstar. I have mad respect for him on that kid. But it wasn't like that then. I, was the, I had the juice back in the day. That was my whole thing. No brag, just fact. People will tell you. I have friends of mine that go like, dude, you're a living legend in our neighborhood. That's in the hood of North Minneapolis. Talk to us about the, the, the politics of, of North Minneapolis in terms of, you know, uh, the, the groups and the friends and, and, and all of Man. that type of thing. It was, this is the thing. It was so dope how many groups that you could walk down a block. And I know I've heard it said a million times by other people, but this is just my own personal. There were so many groups playing, creating, sharing information. You learned how to dress, style on stage, choreograph, all that. Uh, set the stage up, have your atmosphere all laid out. Man, we, everybody was doing that. And so fierce competition. Because everybody was good. We didn't look at it like, oh, man, you, you, you know, you're not. It wasn't like on the level when these guys get album deals and then they start, you know, fronting like that. Back in the day, and I always would say this to people when they would interview me and ask me about the Minneapolis sound and all that. I go, it was the dopest thing in the world until people interjected money into the situation. Mm. Once money came in, everything changed. When somebody had enough money to buy it and steal somebody from another band mm. they they kept that band from from functioning and eating so they're just it was that kind of stuff was going on I, I i started to not like it so but it was until that point when people started like i'll say the people that started making it and getting out of minneapolis because prince wasn't the first one to make it out of minneapolis bobby lyle who's a you go look him up baddest keyboard player you ever want to see we used to see him when i was a kid we'd go to the blue note and sneak in this club. We wasn't supposed to be in there. He would be in there playing. Hmm. Go look him up. He played with Sly Stone at years later, but he's a jazz virtuoso genius. He's still playing to this day. We, he was from here. Okay. So we looked at him, and then plus Sonny Thompson, a good friend of ours, we used to go sit and sneak up and check their band out, what they was doing. We'd, we'd listen to their rehearsals, and he ended up going and playing with James Brown. And we were fascinated to the fact that he got a gig with James Brown. So he was a star to us when he came back. So it was like, they didn't come back and try to go like, oh, I'm going to start stealing people's members out of their bands and all this stuff. It's when the dude started getting the big cake. That's when everything fell apart here. And, it's, and, it, and I call, always call it the false Minneapolis, <laughs> the false Minneapolis thing, because a lot of brothers came up here looking for that. And I and they said, man, I read about you in the Stephen Ivory book, man, mm -hmm. in 1984 and stuff. And they go, I, I I seen you in there. He said, I just thought I could just go up to Prince and them guys and go and bring my demo tape. I mean, <laughs> a particular dude uh, that told me this. He was with he was in the group called Low Key. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Uh, they were yes, signed I, with yeah, I know. Okay, they're... with Lance Lance Alexander. He, he I love this brother. He he just came up. He said, man, you're Charles Smith, man. 
I was going, man, how do you know me? He said, I seen you in Stephen Ivory's book, man. He, I, he said, man, yo, I moved up here because I said, man, if y'all got this going on up here, I, I brought my, he brought his crew and everything because they, he, they thought you could just walk up and drop your demo off to these cats. And <laughs> right. brothers, the way that the way it was laid out, seemed like we loved each other. It was all cool. It was like that at one time. But by the time he was coming up here, it, it wasn't like that. So we seen the hard grind he had to, you know, had to accomplish and work he had to put in for himself mm. that it wasn't like that. It was some easy gravy train. It was not easy for any of the cats up here because first of all, the gigs were very few and in between because if you were all black that you weren't getting much work, but the white acts had gigs all over this town and was able to make a living playing music. Wow, let me, you cats usually had to have a job and, and, and do their music too. Let, let me ask you is, about you know, Let me ask you about that. And, and I like that you brought up low key. That's they, they had that one song. I have a thing for you, baby. Y'all love that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I always remember too. Uh, Shout out to Lance. Yeah, I always remember hearing the story uh, about uh, even you know early Jodeci, Devontae and them. They came up to. Uh, Minneapolis and tried to go to to Penny, uh, Paisley Park and drop off their demo <laughs> tape. Right, they thought that's that's what it was. And and a lot of us cats, yeah. you know, because I'm from that era when that was popping and it was so influenced right. by it. We all thought that you know, based off of seeing Purple Rain and hearing exactly. the time and all that, that yeah, Minneapolis yeah. was popping. If you just went up there, you could probably get yeah. put on. It would be the same way when cats, you know, would think of, you know, early hip hop. If you just went to New York or something, true, you could go get put on or something. But talk exactly. to us. But it's a selective put on. See, yeah, it's, it's, okay. It's like that everywhere. So, well, well, and, uh, and 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 also we used to think that you know, based off of the movie and the imageries that, yeah, you could probably just go to any club or something and you would hear them, you know, it'd be going down. Da, 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 da. You know, there was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you saying, nah, I wasn't like that. Like, nah, 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 it wasn't. See, but you had to know, you had to be, see, I was gifted enough. That's why for somebody to even go like, well, are you mad because Prince said that you didn't talk, go with Prince and someone go like, man, come on. When you were here in Minneapolis, I knew where all the hangouts were, all the dope musicians were. So I, yeah, I got, I got caught blind street and I go in there and I was rubbing elbows with everybody. Bean, every, any dude you could name Jesse, all them cats were like walking through Paul Peterson, all the, some of the greatest jazz and contemporary artists. They were hanging out in a certain spot and I would go to those clubs. And that's where you could get, you could maybe get on if they were looking for somebody. Maserati would be in there. Mm -hmm. All the cats would be in one spot. It was called Felties. So, you and the dude, the club owner was scared because he said, "All you, all you dudes gonna do is bring a bunch of, you know, bunch of black people down there." And at first, it was just a bunch of white girls trying to run down there and get up on some brothers, man. Because we had we had the fly shit going on. <laughs> so sisters, <laughs> for real, sisters was sisters and white girls was coming flocking down there. We had all the even the pimps started coming down there because they were saying, mm -hmm. "All oh, there's females down there. We we need to go to Felties and check these." That was downtown. We need to go check this out before First Avenue was popping any of that. It was, the, the stars were there. So everybody knew me. They knew I was Prince's cousin. I played with him and stuff, and I had my own vibe. I walked in that joint. Everybody had their own vibe. Nobody was looking at each other going, you're better than me, and I'm just my, Everybody knew they had their little, little pocket of people to hang out with, and we all mingled together, and we all had respect for one another. And if you weren't in that crew, you, you might have brought your demo up here, and if one of those people didn't bring that demo to to somebody because 
you you wasn't gonna get no play. Just wasn't mm-hmm. happening. But if you was in that little pocket, like I would be sitting in the place where where Alexander would be at, at Alexander O'Neill, and Alex told me he's going. He goes like, "Watch, bro, uh, Jimmy Terry. They just got signed. They got a a production label. I mean, mm-hmm. production deal, and they're gonna have their own label. And they said they're gonna come back and get me because he was supposed to be in the time. Right. So." He told me the story. He said, your cousin, you know, I'd always get the stuff that people wouldn't say. The friends, they would come to me and say, but Alex was, I always had bad respect for Alex because he told it exactly like it was. He said, yeah, man, he gave me the reel on how my cousin came to the point of how uh, Alex was going to be, you know, he wanted Alex for the lead singer because it wasn't going to be Morris. Morris was going to be the general. Dean would have been out because some guys had another band they were in. This is people taking people from people's bands and stuff. So, mm. uh, Alex, Alex uh, turned it down because he said, what about the money? What kind of money am I getting? He didn't want, my, Alex was a star around here. They loved him. Mm-hmm. You know, he could say, Alex could blow away before, and he had a little, he had a little EP going on, and, and he was a star here, man. White girls was, and black girls were falling all over that brother. <laughs> he had everything going on out here, and he didn't, he felt like he didn't need, he needed Prince, if Prince was going to put him on, on the financial tip, he was cool with it. But that's not what was going down. It was like, you guys are going, you know, I'm going to get this. And and Alex wanted, like, ah, he wanted to be a star mm-hmm. himself. He was, he knew his capability. Trust me. He knew his work. I would take him to concerts and stuff. He knew his way. He put the work in. He was around town putting his own flyers together, putting bands together. He'd had a, he had an all-white group at one time where he was the lead singer, and the group was with some white dudes, and he was fronting that stuff, and it was killing in Minneapolis. I mean, so I seen him, I met him from some dudes that had went to school down at the Conservatory of Music down in Denver, Colorado with, with Maurice White from Earth, Wind & Fire and Verdine White and, of course, Philip Bailey. So he had hung out with them. Mm. And so when I met Alex up here, he, his friend that he brought up here with them, they were in a conservatory together with them brothers. So we, like I said, if you didn't know, I knew all these people. And, you know, like when Lance came up and he, and he said, yo, man, I just need to get my demo to somebody. That's how it worked. If you knew somebody, you could get in. But if you didn't, it was freeze frame. If they couldn't use you for something, if, they, if you didn't have something unique that they could put into their kid, their, mm-hmm. their group, you weren't going to get looked at. I don't care how talented you were. Because wow. we all thought everything was based on talent, but it was talent, hard work, and some luck and knowing somebody. I would always say it was 90%. You better know somebody. Wow. Talk talk to me about so when when is when is red hot Minneapolis thing is blowing up and a lot of groups or people are getting signed to deals. And and you you talk about yeah, that it. So was when in the eighties. Yeah, when the money came in, you said that people was pulling people from groups oh, and man. things like that. Now some of the big groups that some of the big projects that I can recall, of course, Jesse Johnson's review, you know, that was that was that was the hit when that, that was dope. dropped. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Maserati, Roddy, of course, Killer. you know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Killer. Flight Time, uh, doing their thing. Um, man, what were some of the groups that we didn't get to really hear that was popping out of that area at the time? Was there any? Really, all those guys that you just named at one time or another were in, in the same group. So that's how it all cycled. You, you know, if somebody would get, you know, the money would get funny and somebody would start their own group. Like Jesse didn't just leave the time. 
Morris just didn't leave the time to go solo. They had their reasons for going because you know every time the money got funny, everybody everybody you know took off. And uh, you know, poor Jelly Bean, one of the baddest drummers that come out of Minnesota, and a humble brother, love him to death. He um, he got he got in a situation where he was in the group, of course, the time, and then when Morris left the group, uh, he got offered the job to play with the group the Family Prince was forming. You see how it works? Mm-hmm. So he had to take that gig, even though he loved the time with the bar. Nobody could touch them. They just killed everyone. They, I mean, worldwide, just forget it. Uh, they was even kicking Prince's revolution bands behind. I'm sure that's why, you know, <laughs> Prince was going like, dang, they was keeping heat on Prince. But, uh, you know, that Bean was, you know, that's how it happened. He just, you know, there were no, everybody who knew somebody or you had to have a connection or you were in a group that somebody knew about. I mean, it was a group called Gentleman of Style. I think Brown Mark was in that group before. See, but he knew Andre. So when Andre left Prince's group, I come over to Andre's house to see him and Brown Mark is at the crib. Hmm. His real name is Mark Brown. And I'm going like, yo, Mark, what's up? And he's looking at me going like, yo, what's up, man? I'm going like, he said, man, I'm getting ready to go uh, uh, play with your cousin on tour with the revolution. I was, Cause I knew I already had been speaking to Andre and uh, about him leaving the band. So that's how I'm gonna break it down is that that's how the, the, the splinter group started happening is when, you know, groups do come and they do go, but that's how the groups that you've heard of everything that came out of Minneapolis that was popping because okay. one way or another, like the group, the crash, Oh yeah. Have you ever heard of them? Yes. Remember how tight they were? Well, that was Jesse's, that was right. Jesse's gig. And all right. those guys were in the gentleman of style, this group. And they were, you know, Jesse signed them. And then when Jesse's thing for A&M wasn't going down, you know, them guys didn't, could, you know, nobody could do it. Like everyone tried to do it like Prince. And there were only few that could really kind of maintain. You can see they're still standing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Andre Simone, uh, and Jesse. Wow. Yeah. The crash. I, I remember something had happened with that group and they had to change the name and it came out. Of different... I don't, I don't know what happened, but I know, <laughs> I know that Jesse had like, he had like, uh, he was like grabbing the, uh, he, he had, uh, Tamara in the scene Yeah, oh, and all yeah. those guys I had been in. I knew they were in groups that I knew about, but now Jesse had was starting his own thing, his own production company along with his deal. And I didn't also realize that a lot of those cats need those those extra production deals to be able to finance their situations that they were doing as solo artists. And so I'd watch that stuff start and then I'd watch it get all funky and fall apart. But yet at the same time, I'd be hearing them whispers that those cries that, Oh, the Minneapolis sound, the Minnesota sound, you got to go there. You know, you can get hooked up if you go to Minnesota cause you're going to live on the run in the trench with somebody. But man, you had to be like in the mix to get, to get picked up. So to answer your question, if I can, I really think that you've heard probably nothing got missed in here, especially when Prince was grabbing people because he grabbed the baddest, everybody, lawyer, whatever the baddest entertainment ter- attorney was here. And then he'd, he'd go through them and he started like checking out Los Angeles and worldwide, you know, it kept growing and growing. And so you either dealt with somebody that has something to do with Prince who had a sour taste in their mouth or whatever kind of taste they had. Usually I would run into people, uh, I was doing some production work out in Los Angeles in 1980. And this dude who was my engineer, I, he took me over to his house after we started, we were doing some work in the studio. He said, man, why don't you come by my crib and let me show you, you know, 
what my crib looks like and stuff. And I, he played me a couple of demos and stuff. Now I'm not, I, I'm not even looking for this dude has a bird cage and I look over at the bird. It's a big giant cockatiel. I check it out. And all of a sudden in the bottom of the bird cage was my cousin Prince's poster. <laughs> and I looked at dude, I was shook. I looked at dude. I said, yo man, what's up, what's up with the poster? I said, that's my cousin. So dude looked at me on evil all of a sudden and was like, he had engineered with Prince because he was working with people like Fleetwood Mac and stuff like that. So he had did an engineering session with Prince when he was out there a year before I got out there. And he was so mad at Prince because he said Prince was so rude to him and that Prince worked him so hard that he said he put the pitch poster face up so the bird could sit in Prince's face. True story, facts. Wow. Blew me away. And I'm, I'm sitting up here going, so I wanted to bust dude in his head. He really wants you on that too. <laughs> I called my boys and told them to come and get me. I said, y'all got to come and get me, man. Because I said, I can't, I can't hang with this dude. I got to, I got to run out. That's how I hurt this cat. Wow. It was, it was getting deep like that dude was steaming and smoking and stuff. I was like, yo, dude, you don't want to do that. You don't, you know, because, you know, I'll take it there. Hilarious. So, yeah, I had to dump. I had to dump dude, and he was working for my 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 aunt and my uncle. They had a, a they were accountants. They were big time CPAs out there, so they had connections to the record industry. So they were trying to help me out, and that was the first dude they brought to me. So that was my experience about my cousin out there. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, dude. I mean, how did Prince get out here and get all crazy out here? So that's you know. All right. Well, let me let me uh, let me bring in. Uh, we got Big Sexy is joining us as well. Uh, bring him into the conversation. Yo, yo, man, what's up? What's going on, Mr. Smith? How you doing, man? What's going on? I'm doing well, man. How about you? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. I got held up uh, doing my civilian court thing today, <laughs> but I got that handled. You know, got hey, my case called, got, got them handled, and I'm here. So, uh, all right. I apologize for being late. That's all good. We're oh, gonna man, keep don't it, even worry about it. We're going to keep it rolling. I wanted to ask you this, uh, going back into to, uh, A&M Records. Now, you, you mentioned to me that you had a deal uh, over at A&M. And I'll, send, I'll send you the Billboard clip. I, I mean, oh, I got yeah. actually written up with the clip in Billboard. Nelson George's part at the time he was writing the R&B section. Mm-hmm. He yeah. put me in there. Michael Jackson's on the same page. Jody uh, uh, Watley. Mm. The Jackson Five. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going like they were talking about all them, and then they talk about me, <laughs> and that, you know I was freaked out that they even did that for me like that. But they showed me big time love because um, I had, I had a couple songs that I had written myself, and they swore to God Prince worked on them, and I told him you can't find if you can find Prince to work, have him work on them. And he don't, he don't do that anyways. But I said I didn't need that, but that's the kind of heat I was getting because it sounded so close to him, not to brag, and I wasn't trying to, but if you can see, Andre, all of us kind of, people will say, you guys talk alike, y'all sound alike. I said, well, we spent most of our childhood running together. I mean, running mm-hmm. tough day in and day out. So when a and I sent them the demo to uh, Stephen Ivory, he was writing for uh, Black Beat Magazine. And all I did was look him up, look up the number that they had on the magazine, and he was, uh, uh, he didn't answer at first, but then he picked up the phone and uh, he said, I'm getting ready to do this book. And I said, oh, he's, I said, on who? He said, Prince. And I said, oh, you, you want to talk to me? So I helped him do his book. And I said, 
for helping you do the book. He wanted to, you know, he offered me some cash. And I said, no, if I get some, some demos to you, can you get them to the right people? And he said, I'm good friends with John McClain, who was big time A&R at, at A&M Records. Yeah. And they was, they was coming tough looking for Minneapolis talent that Prince hadn't signed. They was trying to find some people here. And um, I said, okay, he, Stephen probably thought, oh, I ain't going to hear from this dude. So we do the book. The book comes out. It's, it's called Prince. It's a little small. It's a first mm-hmm. Prince book. Mad respect. Dude gave me special thanks and everything. But he respected me because I didn't want any money or anything from it. I just said, could you just hook a connect up for a brother? So he did that. I got said, I got my demos ready, man. This is in 1985. Mm. I go, he gets the, I send him the demo. Dude calls me up. I played over the phone first. He said, can you just send it to me? But when I called, when I put it on his answering machine, because that's what they had back then, he, he, he was so knocked out over it. The song's called Funny, You Should Call. He said, man, dude. He said, man, you got any more songs? I said, I said yeah, but I ain't going you know, to be sending my songs out like that. He was going, he was going like, no, I'm going to sit with John McClain. He had Lamborghini and stuff like that. And he was big time. And he's sitting he knows the Jacksons. T- he's telling me all this stuff. And I'm going like, okay. He goes, I'm going to sit with this brother and play this to him. Because it had a fly stone kind of a Prince feel to it. And it was like nothing he had heard. So he's going... I'm meeting John for lunch. I'm going to play him. I'm going to put him in my car and I'm going to ride with him until he listens to it. Cause John's kind of hard to, you know, keep his attention. He said, when he popped that joint in, not to brag, he said, dude, he said, when can you get out here? Now that was on a Thursday. I'm never going to forget it on. I said, well, I can come anytime, man. Cause I had a little production crew that was letting me work in a 12 track studio. I recorded that song on a 12, 12 track. It wasn't even, it wasn't even quality to me mm-hmm. that I could do. It was just the, the facility that I could afford, and it was there. These guys were trying to manage me. They go, I said, well, I can get the guys that are managing me. I can talk to them into sending me out to L.A. He said, okay, I'll hook it up on my end. I get out to Los Angeles. We go out there in two days. They got a limo for me. They take me to the Hard Rock Cafe. I'm in John McClain's office. Janet Jackson's sitting there. She gives me the album Control before it even was, it wasn't even (laughs) thought about, except for Jimmy then was holding holding it down and was keeping it like seriously under wraps. I'm sitting on the couch with John McClane. I had just seen some of the Silvers were were standing (laughs) outside their office, the old school, the old Silvers group. They, They were standing outside the door when I walked in and I tried to keep my composure like, Damn, I said, that's the Silvers, okay. And then I seen Janet, I sat down, and she goes, hey, what's happening? Chaz. And I said, hey, what's happening? <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, I'm nervous as hell. I'm going like, what do you mean? This is real, this is real stuff going on. So uh, John McClain comes out, and he goes like, yo, man. He said, yo. He, he right away, he said, I got some good news and some bad news. He said, the good news, news is, he said, man, I think you got it. The bad news is he said, the quality of that tape, he said, we can do that, but we can do it better out here. He said, I want you to come out here. I said, and so my management are looking at me, they're going, because they didn't believe it. They, they said, so you're going to sign me? He goes, yeah, we give you a, you give you a shot and then, you know, uh, see where it goes from there. So he said, but there's some things we have to do, because he's A&R, they're going to get you artists and development. You know, he's going to get you hooked up. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. And then Janet turns to me and goes like, uh, Chaz, here's a, 
here's my new album. And I look at it. It hadn't even been colored in yet. It was a black and white colored cover of Control. And they popped that joint in. I was bopping to that the whole time I was in L.A. for the rest of the time until we got back to Minneapolis and playing it to people. They didn't even, they were like, because people were going like, I had friends of mine, they didn't, they, first of all, there were a lot of cats that had demos here, but they were kind of afraid to go out there and take a chance on either getting them critiqued or I couldn't understand why. There'd be cats that had like shelves full of demos. I take my one song out there, funny you should call. And they said, we, they was ready to work with me. But the management team that I had here in Minneapolis got so jealous because they overheard me talking to Stephen Ivory and John McClain. They were going to get me bigger management out there. Mm. They overheard the conversation. And so they wanted to sue me and shut me down. So I missed the whole opportunity to go back out, to, out back out there and working with them. So the deal folded. So I never got a mm. chance to even do anything with it. Wow. Man, he was sitting there at the table with Janet. Control before it drops. John McClane. Before it even drops, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh, this is this is like a dream." A brother can't, but at, at but I'm gonna just be honest with you. It was, it was a frightening experience. I kind of mm. w- wondered how Prince was able to. I said, "Man, my cousin must have had to go through some craziness to be in this business." I remember thinking that when I was sitting on the couch. I said, "Cause you know, he he met everybody. Mm. I mean, he had met Shaka Khan and had called me up and said, Shaka Khan's at the studio with me.'" This is on his first album. Right. She's there with it. I said, Ike Turner and Sly Stone's in the Sly. next studio, Studio B. Right. And, and Carlos Santana, I'm going over his house tonight and stuff like that. And then we go, whoa, shoot, dude. Not only do you play like, dude, here you're out here as a kid, you're wishing you can sound like this guy, and you do, and now you're out there with the guy. Mm. So that's how I felt when I was sitting on the couch with him. I was completely overwhelmed with, with joy. And, and saying, how lucky am I to even get, and I only, I knew it, the reason why I even got in the door was, was because of Prince Nelson. Wow. Because John McClain had an affinity for the whole Minneapolis side, including he had a thing with Prince stealing his women out, out in Los Angeles. He goes, he goes, he goes, oh, Charles, you got them green eyes. He said, man, I hope you don't want to live out here because, you know, he said, your cousin's already stealing all the women. <laughs> I was going, yeah, cuz. <laughs> 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 Yeah, cuz I know. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want the kid to move out there. You sure didn't want me to move out there. I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, John laid it out like that. Real talk, man. Yeah, that he... was the, that was my time. That was my time to get uh, that I thought I was going to get signed. Mm. And I'm glad. And I'm glad thinking about it after what ended up happening to my cousin which my father didn't want me to get in the business because of the whole drug thing he's seen. And he was thoroughly, completely against it. Uh, I had to always sneak and do things with music. Me and Prince, Prince's dad and family was all, they were into it. Of course, his dad was a keyboard player, so he was cool with it. And his dad was cool with me being in the, doing stuff with music, but my dad wasn't. I had, to, I had to always like hide from my dad when I'd go, you know, go to shows. I had to sneak and go to them. And my band, Grand Central, didn't know it. So some of the t- way I was acting, which Andre's mother articulated that to him later, what I was going through to try to even keep myself even in the band, they had no idea. So for the, when they did that little shift with the Morris thing, I thought, Yo, y'all, 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 y'all's my homies. And uh, I think that's the only time, really, that I really got shook because they were my boy. 
And uh, they pulled that. But I said, I, I look at it in retrospect. I go, everything happens for a reason. And I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I've had my journey. It's been a great journey. I, was, I don't regret a thing. Not even going with Prince or anything, because I easily could have. But I, I always wondered what would my life would have been or could I have protected them? Because that's why I wanted us to be homies. I wanted us all to stick together because we, we had already studied the record business and we knew that people were, you know, we know it was crooked. That's all you hear is when, you know, family members would tell you, said, oh, you know, that's a crooked business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's rotten. There ain't number devils in there. And we were like, wow, you're tripping. You know, you tell some kids that they're going like, oh, it ain't going to happen to us. So maybe I'm like jumping around, but, uh, you know, if you no, need no. to get me back on point, no, you because did. I feel like all of this kind of ties into the justice for cause, cause it really kind of does. It really does the beginning and me watching it all and the progression, even with the whole thing with the Minneapolis sound, everything with the movie, all of it leads you. If you're following me, it leads you to the, the, uh, Prince's demise. When was it leads you right to it and, and others. Okay. When, when was the uh, when was the last time you spoke to Prince, if you can share that? Oh man, um, I really am not going to because okay. I'm I'm, I'm actually going to. I, I've been asked that, believe it, but I can t- I will say this: I didn't I didn't talk to him. Uh, I I had no inf- information about uh, talking to him during uh, the past couple years. Okay. I'll leave it at that. I respect that. I respect that. What what did uh... even, even down to the end where people are saying that they talked to Prince? I don't know if it was fashionable or something. I, and, and if people really did talk to him, mm-hmm. I, all I know is there was a certain amount of people that did talk to him, and I know for real they did. And 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 there were some people that said they did, and I don't really know if they did. And there are some people that did. It, they better be careful because people were listening to it. They're checking their phone phone conversations out and stuff like that were Prince passed and uh, mm. their information because there was some twisted information the police got from some of the people that were there when the authorities arrived. Mm. They got they got some uh, of course they're telling me all this. I have privy to information other people aren't. So I got I got all that. I I I know stuff that, you know, that's no, crazy. I, I, I would imagine. I would imagine. <laughs> I, I wanna be careful crazy, and respectful because again, you a family, so these are things that you should have and maybe some of that may you know i don't want to get too 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 out there with it because you just said a few things right there that i could just really jump into but we'll, maybe we'll we'll come back oh, what, are those, what are those what are well those? You, you know when you talk about the phone things and like certain people who, who was there with them at the last time oh yeah and, yeah yeah know. yeah well it's already public knowledge who was there when when um they found prince's body so I didn't name any names. That's I'm just true. saying it's already all I'm doing is giving you the real um, public information. that's already out there. So it's nothing that the fans don't know or anybody else that really paid attention to Prince's thing. Well, well what, what and, that and, said, and, then, what, what do you think about? I mean, <clears throat> and that's why I was asking the last time you spoke to him. So two things. What? What do you think about the people that were around him? What you know, his circle, or or I don't know if these people, the people that work for him, or if he had real friends or family, uh, versus, and then well, also versus, well, also real quick, also versus, who was the prince that you knew or remembered, versus the one that we see oh, out in the public? Man. Oh man. Oh, okay, okay, I'll answer that one first. That's a that's a good one. Um, 
there would be times that I would look at Prince when I would see him. And now the first 78, 79, 80, I would see him all the time. 81, 82, or all up, up in, even Purple Rain, I was at the, when they were doing the movie, I was there. So I talked to him at the movie set. I was on the set with him. Hmm. So that's, that was 85, 86. Didn't, didn't talk to him. Let's see, I went to the Masquerade Ball. That was around, when the album Around the World in a Day was out. So I went to, I got invited to the Masquerade Ball that Prince threw, where he came as himself and everybody else had a costume on. And he pulled me out of a line of people that were trying to get in. And he walked down the line as himself and came and pulled me out. That was probably the last time I really had a, a real deep conversation with him. So um, the people that were around him, I've always been nervous about the people that have been around him since day one. Not his first management, but then when he started getting out there with the, the Italians that he had that were doing the movie and stuff, even though they did good for his career, I'd heard, I heard things, you know, about them threatening him and all this old madness stuff. And, and it's, it's, it's well known here, you know, how these people roll. No, and, I, uh, I, I got to ask you, you said about them threatening, threatening who? Oh yeah. Threatening, yeah, threatening Prince for, you know, like, you know, cause Prince fired him and all kinds of stuff. It's in all kinds of books. Okay, I mean, so I'm in, right. I'm in about 14 books that you could read and you, these, this information is in the book. So I got you. I got you. Oh, what was going on? You know, he felt like he was getting, not threatened physically, but you know, he lawsuits and all that I kind got of crazy you. Okay. stuff. Yep. And then, and, and then I was told too, that they, he was threatened physically. Now this is just people telling me stuff. And then even after he passed, I got information. People were calling me up and telling me and, and, and messaging me and, and, and trying to let me know things. So I learned a lot about the whole, his last people that were around him. And I'm not saying they had anything to do with anything, but all I look at is that whoever was around them, they didn't do a good job take, watching out for him. That was my whole thing anyways. When I even first did the interview right after he passed and the our local news came over to my house, I didn't want to do any interviews at all, but I said, I'm going to talk. I'm going to, I felt like the emotion was necessary. All of it needed to be in there so I could get people to pay attention because they have a tendency to forget about you because you're rich and famous, supposedly. So I go, I don't want anybody to just look over, overlook Prince's death. I wanted them to look into it. I wanted them to find out what happened. I wanted details. Why did you guys lie about the fact he had the flu and you knew he didn't have the flu? Why was that said? Hmm. Why, why, why couldn't you just say exactly what? I'm tired of the games. Why is there always this okey-doke information with the record business where they got to go, you know, lie to, you know, but I'm family. I'm going like, these questions are... We're going to ask. So, but when I seen people moving full steam forward, I couldn't help but have it bother me. And I don't care who says anything or thinks anything about it. I, it just bothered me. I, I just said, wow, man, is that how it is? <laughs> wow. You know, wow, it's one big party. Oh, that always bothered me. And, I, and that's not saying anything about the people that respectfully, like the fans and people, because the fans are all with me on this. I mean, I got people going like, Yo, Justice for Cubs, I'm in a club, and the dude walks up to me, and he puts his glasses down. He goes, yo, you Chad Smith, man, Justice for Cubs, brother. Mm. And I was going, dude, how do you even know me? He said, man, I've I'm, I'm been watching this stuff for a year. Mm. You're consistent. He said, man, you're the only brother that's even, and family member that's even doing it like this. And I said, man, thank you, brother. But I was in a place that I didn't even know was full of people that knew who I was over that. I was at Bunkers. 
a well-known place here in Minneapolis. I was mm-hmm. taken down there, but some fans had asked me to come down there. I know what I was going to walk into, but they were all into the justice for cuss thing and go, we really love it that you're trying to find out what happened to your cousin, man. So this is, this is healthy for me. I don't know about anybody else. And yeah, I'm selfish because he is my cousin. Mm-hmm. So when people go, when people go like question it, I go, if you ain't with us trying to find out what happened to him, don't even give me your comment. I don't even want to hear it because you're a hater. If you're for real, you'd want to know what happened to Prince, too. If it was your family member, you'd be all knee-deep in right. it, I would think. Right. And you would be asking the same questions I'm asking, and you'd be just like me about it, I would, I would think. Man. If you're down like that, mm-hmm. I can't help it. Big Sexy, I want to make sure you get a chance to jump in here. Um, oh, yeah. Give him some. Yeah. I answer any questions. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got me started. You know, um, again, I do apologize for being late, and I don't want to go over something that's already been discussed. So if, uh, <clears throat> if I do tread into that area, please uh, please say so. But going back to when you were in California, I believe you said it was 1980, and that yes. person, that engineer, you know, disrespected yeah. the poster. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, go, we'll go see him later. Um, yeah. Was this based on... His experience with Prince when they were recording up in uh, Sausalito at the record plant? Yes, sir. Yes, exactly. That's exactly. And he said Prince kept him up unusual hours and treated him like shit. That's, so, that's exactly what he told me, but I wanted to bust dude up. So, in other words, Prince made him But I said Prince paid you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he made it work. He made him earn his dollars. And he, he thought he was going to be some. Yeah, he made it. You know, he was really kind of pissed off that. You know how these white boys, they be getting all, feel like they got it easy. You know, they're so used to playing and making everything happen in the studio and the people that they're working with. Prince wasn't like that. He said he was about his work. And so I looked at dude like, that's why I got mad at dude. I was like, you, you ain't going to get me. You really messed up, dude. You didn't have no idea in a million years that you, Prince's cousin or family member, would be standing in your house and you fronting like that. He basically played himself. Day, if he's alive, he's still thinking about it. Yeah, he played himself big time because he lost the job with me and everything. I said, man, and then I put the word out on dude. Mm. I said, man, don't touch that punk. Wow. No, I always looked out for cuz, man. If I heard, I used to get in arguments with people about about Michael Jackson. And I knew Prince loved Michael Jackson, but people try to always pit them two against each other. Speak on that, man. Speak on me, that, please. Oh, man, he used to drive me crazy and stuff. Dudes were getting a big old... Wherever they would be, they knew I was related to him. So they'd come up to me and they'd go like, yo, man, Michael, where Prince out? And I was like, man, get away from me, man. You don't even know what you're talking about. All due respect, I said, Mike's a great singer and everything. But then I started naming the litany, the long laundry list, the Prince stuff. The dude just said, they want to fight me. You know? <laughs> they would go like, yo, they would say, oh, man, he's a faggot and all this stuff. I said, dude, I said, have you seen some of the women and I have been around? Because I know it from the gate, what kind of women we was rolling with. We didn't have no money, wasn't no stars. So I know once my man got the star stuff, I seen the women he was hanging out with. I was there. So I was going, dude, even if he was gay, he's kicking your butt, but he's not. So there you go. I'll answer your question. But that kind of stuff would come up all the time to Mike and his Prince Gay thing, especially when he was, you know, had his, his uh, album covers with the shirt open. And uh, laying in the albums naked and stuff like that. They didn't understand rock and roll. That was just black rock and roll, folks. And if they stole that from us anyway. So all Prince was doing was bringing it back to its origin. So I was going like, yo, don't hate, man, because most dudes ain't secure enough about themselves 
<laughs> One thing that I did love about my cousin, he wasn't afraid to be him. And I learned to always be me, too, because that's in our family. Mm-hmm. He was just being him. We were straight artists, man, period. We didn't care what anybody thought. But, you know, I had to straighten them cats out about it. I said, man, Prince, and Mike ain't even this. But I said, Prince loved Mike. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, don't get it twisted. And they were, they were shocked. What do you mean he loved Mike? I said, man, Prince used to tell me. I used to tell Prince he wore Mike out, and Prince would yell at me and argue with me that Mike is killing him. I'd go, no. You were killing, man, some dude just sent me something the other day about did I think that 1999 was better than off the wall. I said, man, come on. Don't, don't, don't insult me by asking that. Man, 1999, rap. Let me just mic it. And I say, yo, <laughs> not even close. Oh, my man, Chaz. We're about to get into it. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> When he's right, he's right. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it respectful. Go on now. Go <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I, with I, you, Chaz. Right. I'm with you. I'm just I'm just going by talent. I'm just going by for real I, talent. I, and I that, all man and albums and other people he worked with, it ain't even close. It don't even put the fashion on it. For sure. And my man was hanging around with Versace. For sure. He wasn't he wasn't going and saying Versace, could you make me some clothes? He was going <laughs> to hang out with the boy and saying Versace said, "Let me dress you." And I knew it. He was rolling like that in the 80s and 90s. So I'm going like, man, shut that down. Not that Mike couldn't, but Mike wasn't playing boy like the Prince, like Prince was, man. Mike was <laughs> trying to hang out with, with uh, 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 the King's daughter and all that. Oh, man, Prince was like... They was, they was both kings. Gotta, that they, gotta, they, was, they both on such a high level. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's almost like it is no reason to even pit those brothers against each other. They yeah, just, they, that's, you know that's, what I mean? That's exactly. what I was, uh, really what I'm alluding to was that why are we always trying to put somebody in a different era with a, the, up in this era with who's the baddest, who, who could, who's better than Dr. J or Michael Jordan? I said, man, when I was growing up, it was Dr. J for me when he was in right. the ABA. I was tripping. I had never, and, and, and George Gervin on the Iceman, I was like, man, please, these Jamal Wilkes, the Lakers, the real Lakers, oh, man, come on. That's my era. They, people try to put this new cast in with the era with them guys. And I'm going like, man, it ain't even fair. And same with, I grew up with, with Love and Track. And when I seen John Carlos and, and Tommy Smith, me and Prince loved Track. We, when, he, when they threw the fist up at the Olympics, man, me and Prince looked at each other and was like, okay, swear to God, mm. you ain't putting, you can't pit people's, the generations that were before you. All you can do is respect it. Right. So I always respect that came before us, music-wise and everything. Nothing against Mike, because when they were the Jackson Five, man, nobody was touching them. And then even when they were, they did their uh, uh, the the tour, the last tour, and they was all together. Victory, the Triumph tour, the, the Victory tour. That's mm-hmm. it, man. They could not be touched. <laughs> they that tour, uh, Prince was like, he was loving that. Mm. But you know, of course, later on, you know, Prince surpassed all that. But I'm just saying, that's what Mike was like. Talk, I mean, talk, talk to us about. And you mentioned it earlier, but uh, from your perspective, you know, Prince um, sort of meeting or getting around. Uh, I won't say idols, but his inspiration. So you know, like you said, he met Shocker early, Sly, Carlos, and then of course, you know, later on him and uh Larry Graham really can Ooh. connect up. But can you can you put that in perspective to wait, us to wait, what wait that really let meant? Me, let me just let me let me just kick a story on you about the Larry Graham thing when okay. Prince and I were kids. 
we got we got taken to a we weren't supposed to go to this Sly and Family Stone concert. They had an outdoor concert here in Minneapolis in in nineteen seventy three. Prince and I, some some the white kids, you know, they know they bum rushed the, the fence and, and tore it down. We didn't have no money for no tickets. Me and Prince slipped in. We get up to the front of the stage, and this is documented. We get up to the stage, and Larry Graham and Sly's right over us. And me and Prince looked at each other and said, man, we're going to do this for a living. Swear to God. We, we were just totally, and then to have Larry and Prince, yeah, I just, you know, when you talk about him later on dealing with Larry, I already knew when Prince started working with Larry, I said, man, our, our childhood dream. My man just, just got it. He's standing with the, Larry was standing over us. And that was Sly standing over us with, you know, snorting cocaine on stage. And we're standing there looking at it. We don't even know what cocaine is, but we're sitting there going, we want to be them. We do. Their band was so kick-ass. We was like, oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that really could put that sort of, you know, but again, I, I asked that because it really kind of puts in context to meet somebody like that, that you, like you say, really fashion certain things after or really admire and then to actually meet yes. them later in life when you have lived some of your life experiences and and a person like that could come into your life and and i guess you'd be open to have somebody actually speaking again take it how you were speaking some real wisdom to you in a sense Man. that you need possibly and that you already respect that person anyway and that they can get at you on that level. It had to be very uh, a deep thing for Prince. Oh, man. I mean, well, all I can do is say it's it God. And I don't know if people, what people believe in what God or whatever. It don't matter to me. That goes to show you. I can just, I, that's the only thing I can say is that, that I was happy. I was happy that Prince got a chance to do some of the things that we Man, I, I, you know, he had a charmed life after that to me. I was going like, hey, this is stuff he's supposed to get to do, mm. you know, and I loved watching it. We loved him living that dream. And that made us also go that we could because I ended up meeting some famous people. I met Billy Preston. Mm. Billy Preston was at my sister's church one Sunday. Wow. My sister said, uh, Billy Preston's at our church. And I didn't want to go in no church. I wasn't down with that. And she said, I said, oh, who's coming? She said, the Billy, I said, I'll be there. I come and see Billy Preston. He noticed me. I noticed him. I walk up. I sat down and played the drums behind him. He was playing the organ. He killed the whole freaking congregation. was going nuts. I said, I'm sitting there with a dude to play with the Beatles. So that was one of my idols because we played in Grand Central. We played Where You Go Around the Circles by Billy Preston in, the, in an instrumental called Out of Space. Mm-hmm. So when I got a chance to see him, that was kind of my way of going. And then I got a picture of it. And I still have that picture to this day. You know, I you know I got that picture. And then I got a chance to meet Betty Shabazz, wow. Malcolm X's wife. Wow. And she signed. I I she signed my Malcolm X book. I got it to this day. She signed all three of my Malcolm X books I had. Mm. And we remain good friends with the family to this day. They I invited them to come to Prince's memorial, and they came. Of course, the mom passed, but the sisters, mm. the daughters of Malcolm. Kobila and them, they're good friends of mine. Wow. And I didn't meet, I didn't meet them because of Prince or nothing. They just, Kobila happened to be in the same apartment building I was in when she was going through that trial they had here. Um, they had a thing where they were trying to say that she was trying to set up Minister Farrakhan or something like that. It was some kind of, right. you could probably Google it and find out that whole thing. Well, her mother came up and I had helped her move. I didn't even know it was her at first. But somebody through the neighborhood, people were going, 
hey, man, that's, uh, you know, that's QB. That's Malcolm X's daughter. I was like, get out of here. And they're going like, nah, man. And they were going, they knew I was Prince's cousin, so they introduced us. And I figured we had some similar kind of ways we had to roll, being that we have these people in our families. So I introduced myself to her. We, we got off well. My wife and I, we, we helped her move, watched her back for her, and all of a sudden one day during the trial, a knock on the door came, and I looked through my peephole, and I had just been outside playing basketball. I was all sweaty and nasty. I looked through the peephole, and there's Dr. Shabazz right there, Miss Betty, the, and, and Kobila, look, and she's going, knocking on the door, and I said, uh, yes? And she goes, boy, open the door. Because I was, I was just flabbergasted. I was going, I ain't dressed properly yet. Could you give me five minutes so I can go in and wash her? She said, boy, open this door. So open up the door. This one woman comes in with this energy of Malcolm. I, I couldn't. Now, see, we, me and Prince, we was in love with Malcolm as we was kids. Mm. Period. Period. What he stood for, the bravery, all of that. You can hear it in Prince's music reflected. If you can't hear it in the beginning, you sure hear it at the end. He never left that. He never left any of that if he was deep into the, his cuts because that's where Prince spoke from. So whatever was going on in the outside, that was the party. But the inside stuff, that's what Prince was about, moving our people. So when I got a chance to meet uh, Betty Shabazz, I was, I, was, I was flabbergasted. And she was so kind and cool. And my wife was pregnant with our second child. Her name is Mars. She blessed our, our daughter, took pictures with me and the kids, and I kept them to this day. And that was in... Uh, uh, that's 25 years ago. Wow. Man. Amazing, amazing. Also, and, and, and when I, oh, go ahead. Well, no, no, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead, man. Oh, no, I just was going to say, like I said, during the memorial, she reached out to me. As- Asiata, her other sister, all of them reached out to me when Prince passed to send their condolences, and they said, is there anything we can do? Because they are friends with the Jacksons. Mm. So they kind of had the same information about what happened to Mike they, that wasn't cool. They was picking it to keeping it 100 with me going, are you sure everything's okay? Blah, blah, blah. If you know what I'm saying. Right. So I wasn't alone in my thinking of what was going on. So they, they came in town and they wanted to make sure, you know, they brought some lawyers with them and they wanted to make sure that if they could help in any way while Prince of the State was going on, they didn't want my family to be ripped off in any kind of way. So they did that for me on their own coin, man. Mm. Didn't charge me nothing. That's major right there. What you just said right there. And that, that's big time, man. Yeah. That, that's big time. That, that's the type of stuff, man. I, I heard something else about something like that with Prince, where's other people who was just like, yo, we're just doing this because it's the right thing to do. We respect the family you know, you can keep that out the news Yo, or dude, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. That's why I'm getting calls. I'm getting calls from people that say your cousin, uh, one of his former band members called me up and said, your cousin, I got to give you some information. Your cousin, mm-hmm. the reason why I'm doing this, she said I was broke. And she said, she called, she wasn't even working with Prince anymore. She called him up and he dropped 50, 50 grand in her, in her account. That's the kind of love I was getting from people calling me up to saying what things he did for them. And they were, telling me things that were tying in things that I knew were going on too, which they're not talking to everybody, but they, people were calling and talking to me and showing me love because the way Prince loved, showed love to them. Mm. And 
So this, I'm honored to be doing the stuff I'm doing. That's why I, I just don't have any fear. You know, I'm careful on, on certain things because I don't want to reveal too much. And I always go like, you know, some of the brothers from Nation were going, it was going like, yo, man, you watch your back. Mm. And um, I said, you know, because they said the minister, he, has, he, has, he doesn't eat unless his food is checked. He don't let just anybody make his food. And they told me one of the security used to work with Prince, and they said Prince had reached out to them. And they, the brother was trying to indicate to me that maybe Prince was being poisoned. He said, I don't know for sure, but he said, he said, the minister won't let anybody touch. Everything is checked completely because he knows somebody would want to do something to him. So they, they were kind of letting me know that maybe you need to watch yourself because you're out here with the justice for custody. And he kept that between me and him. And um, I said, okay, I got you. I said, but I, you know, I said, I got myself covered. I ain't worried about it. I said, um, I know people are listening and all this crazy stuff, but uh, I said, I, I'm not worried about it. I feel like this is what my duty is. And I talked to a lot of people that are that were uh, worried about what was going on with the Prince situation. And I asked their opinion. These are some big-time people. And they said, man, you're the only one that can talk for him because ain't nobody else talking. And you care about his legacy. He said, man, Smith, go on ahead and do your thing. Mm. So I feel, I, I feel obligated, man, and honored to do this at the same time. So like this is, I'm doing what other people would do. The, any, is there anything I can do, Chad, to help with the justice for color? That's, that's what I'm getting. Right. Every day from all over the world, my brother. Man, I spoke at this conference they had via video over in Manchester, England. Oh, okay, yeah. And they, they, had, they had Des Dickerson. They had a whole bunch of the Prince luminaries that people usually see. Mm -hmm. When they see my face come up on the screen, they people were tripping with the questions, talking about it. what was he like as a kid? Was he funny? They were asking me, is he really like Dracula where he stays up all night? And, and, and they just loved my, me talking to them. They were going. So they're, they're having that same kind of thing here in April at the University of Minnesota. I'm going to the opening of that. I'm a consultant on the board. I'm going to the opening of that this Friday. But my wife and I want to invite you guys to come to the University of Minnesota when Prince is getting the award, the honorary um, Doctor. uh, doctorate in music. Wow. So that's what my wife asked me. She goes like, yeah, reach out to them guys and, and see if they want to come, you know, and I'll set it up so you can come and check it out because it's going to be huge, man. He should have got it to me before, but nonetheless, yeah, yeah, for sure. they're honoring him. My daughter, my, my daughter's in her last year there. Anyway, she's about to graduate. So my second uh, to the oldest daughter is, uh, so it's just, I propose that she would be, you know, I got a student there, a kid of mm -hmm. mine is there, and they, you know, they reached out to her and said they didn't know she was family. And when mm -hmm. they found out she was family, they were going like, well, can you, you know, we're trying to get a hold of your family to find out if, you, you know, if people can be here. So they made a whole big deal out of it. I'll send you the, I have my wife send the information to you guys. And I, I'm sorry, I'm kind of like all over the place. No, 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 you, you, you're good. And yeah. you did send me some things about that. But you also told me this too, which is interesting. You was like, too, that's some of the things that, they should be celebrating my man when he was here too, as well. Thank you. Right for as Thank much you. as he did for that town and city. Oh and man, state. especially for our town. It, 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 I'm very, you know, we would walk in libraries. My wife and she would, she would, she would call me up and go, "There's no Prince books in this library." Mm. And we, I go, "What?" Because we, you know, I've bought, I've bought about twenty books. Uh, there are Prince books that I've gotten that are out. Mm -hmm. I'm in some of them. 
So I, I made sure that I got the ones I was in. It was like 15, 20. And I said, well, there's got to be, you mean they don't have no books in the library about this brother? No, no, not a street or anything. You know, I said, at least at Paisley Park, when you come over the bridge, mm. you should see Homer Prince. Nothing. All you do is if people are flabbergasted when they come in, they see the, they see Paisley Park's like, looks like this industrial, you know, little set aside off the highway. And they're like, that's what it is. You know, even though the studio is dope and everything, but it's still like, you know, could you cheer? In fact, the Prince was here. Mm. I always thought it was like he was very underappreciated until he passed away, which, you know, Prince and I know that you're, you know, people seem to celebrate more when you're gone rather than mm. celebrate your life when you're here. I think uh, Beyonce's mother said it after at the Grammys on the year Prince passed. She made that statement um, about you should appreciate these like like Dick Gregory. I mean, I've been in the Dick Gregory since the 60s, since he wrote the book Nigger. And to see people just now getting into him, I love it that they was into him. But I was like, wow, you should have loved this brother just on the strength of he was just doing what he was doing. I mean, we had you know, our valuable assets like that. And there's tons of them. I And I can't name them all. There's so many that should be Dr. Cress Wilson. There's so many people that I, I just go like, wow, yo, you mean – Half the people don't even know who they are, and, you know, they they celebrate the flowers afterwards. But, you know, one of Prince's artists, I just read the other day, you've heard the song Diamonds and Pearls, right? Yes, you know about Rosie. Mm -hmm. Yes, that that just, Mm -hmm. people were calling me up going, man, did you know Rosie? I said, man, that's typical. Mm. It's typical. It should not happen, but it's typical. That's what Justice for Cubs is all about. That's what it's, that's part of it. It's not just the whole thing of what happened to him. It's like money, all kinds of stuff that was taken from my cousin. Mm. Oh yeah. There were some thieves in the temple. Um, excuse me. I don't want to, yes, <clears throat> I don't want to jump in here. Did something happen with Rosie that I'm not aware of? Oh, you don't know that she's homeless. No. And had been w- walking the streets with no home and, and, and in, 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 uh, somebody found her in a shelter a couple days ago. No, I didn't know that. It was either a couple days. Oh, man, she's been living just like that for years. Yeah, she's been going through it for a while. And they're doing a GoFundMe page. Yeah, man. And, I, and, I, and, and, and I'm talking about she, her princess has sampled her voice and had her on so many tracks that people don't, probably don't even know that that's her. She's huge, man. She's a great, 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 incredible talent, like Aretha Franklin voice. I mean, Prince... Prince, I was told at one point, said her voice, when she sings, she runs out of tape. That means her line, the line she sings, just you see, we can hold it till the tape runs out. I was like, damn. Oh, shoot. She was the bomb, man. She was the bomb. I mean, still is. I, I'm hoping she still got that gift that God gave her. Because we all know that's a gift. Right. But she had a very unique voice. And you can hear it in print. It cuts through Prince's voice in the music. And, there was some of Prince's band members told me that sometimes Prince was like, damn, she's just killing it. I don't even want to sing. <laughs> so, oh, that's a compliment. That's a compliment, too, because Prince don't ever compliment. He, you, if he says your stuff is, that's why I was surprised that he even thought about anybody else. Because sometimes he didn't let you know. He just give you that look. That look that everybody thinks he's famous for. But I've seen that look when we was kids. Like, if I messed up on the drums, he looked at me like that. I felt like, I let him down for so. I was like, damn, why do I feel like that? Hmm. But it's like, whoa, you get it, get an intent, homie. And I was like, oh, yeah. Wow. 
Let me ask you a couple other questions and wrap it up. But I want to get your perspective because your family, uh, some of the big milestones and prints. Uh, first one, I would say, you know, Purple Rain, you know, the movie and everything when all that <laughs> drops. How did that? What did how the family? How did you see that? Like that's a huge accomplishment at that time. Like how did how did you yeah, see yeah, it? It was even more. It was even more because I was there. Because, see, every, they were looking for extras. And so it, the extras were supposed to be down at First Avenue at 1 o'clock, excuse me, 3 o'clock in the morning. And so we get, we just would go. Some of, some, of the, some of my friends, we'd just go down there. And one of the dudes, Jelly Bean Johnson, him and Jerry Hubbard, they were, Jerry was playing in the time because he took Terry Lewis's place. They see me standing outside. They said, hey, man, that's Prince's cousin. That's Charles Smith, man. Let that brother in. And they said, you want to come in, man? I said, of course, let me in. I walk in. I'm in the movie stuff. Then, then they just, Prince just left word. When Charles Smith comes here, he, he gets in. So I went down all through the shooting. So, you know, I was impacted from that. I was going to get my hair done going down there. <laughs> and I would tell people, they were going like, oh, man, what is it like being in the movie, going down there and checking it out? I mean, I watched them sit there and, and do the scenes that were when he was on stage where they had stand-ins. Some of the stand-ins were friends that I had grew up with that just happened to be the same size as Prince, which is really hard to do because he's 5'2". But I knew my friend Marcus Hayes, he's sitting there going, I said, what are you doing here? He's going like, yo, man, I'm going to stand in for your cousin. I'm going like, what? <laughs> and he's grinning ear to ear, happy as he can be. And I said, okay. I watched him just, he stands in where, so they can get a good camera angle at. And he did. that was enough for him. So yeah, it impacted this whole community. Especially black folk, we was like loving this. This is one of our own doing it. You know it. It was crazy and in the family. Oh, I, they couldn't. We couldn't shut us up. <laughs> I mean, I, to, to really be honest, when Prince first got his first album came out in 1978 for you, there was some. We were at Shinder's uh, magazine shop. They sell magazines, their Billboard magazine, and so on. I'm just trying to color a scenario. Prince goes in there to get some magazines. I stand outside. Two girls recognize him already. They run across the street, come to me, and they go, that, was that Prince? And I couldn't wait to tell them. <laughs> that has been my feeling, what I'm trying to say, since day one, because he made it. Beyond the movie and everything, just that the first album, I'm standing there, and these girls are going, can we meet him? And Prince comes out, and, and Prince was mortified. He did not want the attention and I just turned around and looked at him and said, man, I'm proud of you. You're my cousin. He goes like, he pulled me aside and said, man, don't ever do that again, man. He says, man, I can't have these fans on me like that. And I said, man, I, I couldn't help myself. Mm. You're, and I love telling people that he was my cousin. I mean, every people that were playing Prince music out of their car. And I had a fan call me, message me and said, do you remember me? I was sitting in the car and you had pulled up and I, this person remembered that I had pulled up. This was like, 20 years ago, I pulled up on this person and said, oh, man, that's my cousin Prince that you got in your ride. And they looked at me and said, what? And I had the four you track. I took it. I took the risk. I said, no, man, he's going to be the bond. Do remember me that he said, I remember you. Do you remember me? He said, you, gave, you told me Prince was going to be the bomb. You gave me the tape. And then you beat me in basketball. He said, are you that Chaz that I'm that? And I said, yep, that's me, man. I said, I remember the incident. Mm. So that kind of stuff was happening to me. I couldn't wait to tell somebody about the movie. Are you kidding me? I was going, man, I was telling everybody we could, we could find. Even though Prince was going like, I'll keep it under wraps and everything. I was going like, 
nah, man, people need to know about you. I didn't care. I was in a restaurant. I said, man, y'all got to see Purple Rain when it comes out. When Prince's first album came out, I was walking around with a shirt called, it had on it, have you ever heard of Prince? And that was it. <laughs> That's all it had on the shirt with the Warner Brothers emblem on the back of it, the label. And so I would go down to the beach on purpose. And people would automatically go, who's Prince? And then I got a chance to tell them. I say to my cousin, man, just did his first album. They had, did a, they had ran an ad in the page. They had did a whole page on Prince, front page in our entertainment section here in our local paper. So people knew, heard the name, but had not heard the music. So then I went to the radio stations to start a call. We would call them or go to the radio station, and I would drive these guys crazy, jazz stations or whatever, and tell them to play for you. And the dude remembered me. His name is Carl Bernard. He remembered me. He, after Prince passed, he reached out to me. He said, man, do you remember driving me crazy? <laughs> Calling the radio station. I said, yeah, I do. I do remember, dude. Like I said, me and Prince used to listen to the station religiously because they played jazz fusion. And me, we, besides liking the stuff we liked, we really were into Stanley Clark, Al Dimiola, uh, uh Chick Corea, and, of course, some of the fantastic drummers that were out there. And was like, you know, Billy Cobb and these Supreme music. We were really checking that out, and this dude played that on the station. So I said, let's call him up and bug him to play for you. And he would go, I don't know who these kids are that keep calling me up and told me to play this damn record, but I'm going to play it. <laughs> and he could not stop playing it after that. So he wanted to tell me he had been hooked from that moment on. Mm. So I'd like to think that I turned a lot of folks on to him wherever I went. I mean, I'm out in Los Angeles uh, when the, the album – with Kiss comes out, and there's a billboard of Prince out in L.A., and I'm, I'm getting away from Minneapolis so I can get away from all this Minneapolis music stuff just to get a break. Soon as we get on Sunset Boulevard, on the billboard, it's Prince and Kiss. I said, oh, my God, I can't get away from them. Or I go to New York, and people go like, they say, I hear him talking about Prince and stuff, and I go, they go, I said, well, I know him. And they go like, you know him? I go like, yeah. And then I tell them the rest of it, and they go like, oh, man, they be, I'd be sitting there for hours. Talking to wow. folks. Wow, wow. I love that, man. I love you. He was a big proud, deal, man. Proud of your, of your cousin. That's how you're supposed to. Oh, be. man. That's why when people say, were you jealous or you, I said, you guys, don't don't forget this. I feel like I'm, wonder, I'm blessed. Like, you can't believe. Who who would get to sit with a genius and learn from him and have him sit there and, 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 you, and you get to groove with him and, and figure out songs? I mean, that's like, people are looking at me like, you're the luckiest dude. I know. I'm not mad. Even It don't even matter to me what happened to all of it. I'm mad about him being gone, but I ain't mad about what happened with our music stuff, whether I was in it for one minute or I wasn't in it for a minute or whatever. It, or I seen him last week, two months, three years, 15, whatever. It still was all gravy to me. I can't even tell you. I felt like, man, dude, God, you just blessed me. You may have I lost my mother at seven. My dad raised my sister and I by himself. And I'm in this family because of my dad. Wow. That, my dad, my dad, oh, that family, and I'm going, I'm blessed. Mm. Mm. Completely. And I, you know, like I said, the only sad thing is that he's not here because I thought he would outlive all of us. Mm. Do you, uh, do you, I mean, you know, the narrative is that he was using drugs, take away pain and all that. I mean, as y'all was growing up, though, y'all was y'all like messing around, smoking, or any type of drugs or something, or was y'all just against that? I, I keep it one hundred. I keep it one hundred with you. Um, some of us 
experimented with marijuana sometimes back in the day. Uh, I ain't going to name people, but, but Prince didn't do any of that. As a matter of fact, he used to mess with me and Andre. He would go, he would, he would go to the, the head shop where they'd also have albums and stuff. And he'd say, be going to pick up some albums. And he would get some cigarette papers and put them in there. We'd look at him and go like, yo, man, where'd you get them from? And he'd go, he'd look at him and he said, they ain't for me, they're for you guys. He was trying to see if we'd go like, if we take them or not. He was testing us to see if we were smoking. So we'd go, <laughs> and Andre would go like, nah, man. We'd go like, nah, man, we don't want none of that, man. But like I said, all musicians experiment. And they're lying if they say they don't. But Prince did not. He was 100 million percent against anything or everything. And he used to look at me and go like, he said, man, he said, people that smoke that stuff, man, people can sneak up on them and, and do shit to them. And I was like, that's exactly how I put it. And he go, I ain't never doing that. So I learned from him. I was like, oh, then I'm not doing it. So I was trying not to embarrass him and me get caught up in stuff where they said, oh, Charles Smith caught up in a cocaine ring and he's Prince's cousin. Look at that. And I didn't want to embarrass him. On every episode. Oh, he's got caught with marijuana bags. Up. He's locked up. I didn't want to have any of that stuff to shame him at any point. And I have to say, not only my own trust of not, of keeping myself together in my own faith, but just the fact that he, I didn't want to set any bad light in his way, you know, because people like to, you know, come after you when your family member falls or if anything happens and, especially when you're on Prince's level, I was very careful. I was like, nah, man, I ain't, I ain't doing that. And I didn't want people around me doing it. And I didn't actually want to be in a band of people that were doing drugs because I learned from Prince that not only is the audience all stupid when they're all drugged up, they ain't listening to your groove. They're all off of something else. It's better when you can catch it while you're straight because you, you get more information. It's just pure. So even when the rehearsals were like that, the musicians are competent. Because you had to be confident to play with Prince. I don't care if he was like when we were seven, all the way to he, till the day he passed. You had to be confident. That's why it's kind of hard to believe that this man had to be on something. He was there to say he was on something. Um, those kind of narcotics and stuff, whether it's for pain or anything, I can't see him doing the shows he was doing. And believe me, his shows every single time. I don't care if he was standing up, sitting down, whatever. Blew you completely away. Because I was looking to see if he was, let me see if he's slipping a little bit. Because with age, you might slip. That's all I was looking for. Oh, he's getting older. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe we can catch him. Maybe we, can get, maybe we got a chance to get great because Prince slows down a little bit. Nope, dude was fired. Just forget it. So I hope to ask you a question. Yeah, no. Maybe others may have experimented, but Prince would not touch a thing. And then he didn't want people in his group like that. Even though people snuck off and did stuff behind his back, he would tell me he knew they was getting high. Mm. He said, man, they think, they think I'm stupid. And it's some well-known people. Yeah, we ain't going to put them on blast. No, I ain't going to do that, but they know who they are. They know uh, who they are. Well, man, this, this is, there's so much information in this. Uh, but before we get out of here, Mr. Smith, man, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> let us know what, we, what the fans need to do to, to help put the, the push on the justice for cuz because like i said in the beginning we can be all hyped up for the tributes and the museum tours and all the new album and the music and all that but we got to have that same type of energy for some justice so so what, what can the fans absolutely do? well what the what the fans can can do is just a lot of them are impatient and i i find that strange because justice the wheels are slow they grind they grind slowly. And what I was told by the detectives and stuff that I had spoken to is that I had lunch with these cats. 
they sat, I sat down and they told me they, some of them, some of the guys where you could tell they had, they had been on the scene and had seen Prince's body. One of the guys, the sheriff carried Prince's body and he was so, you could tell this man had such care and compassion and towards me. And the fact you could tell the way he handled the, the thing with Prince, he sat down and told me straight to my face, they bought me lunch that they thought that there was some, some weird stuff going on. They got some inconsistencies and that they were working on tying up everything, trying to find out who, what, where, and how, because there were no cameras in Paisley park. And there usually is. I was told they were removed. When all I needed the fans to do was to keep that focus and that heat. Even if, even if it's just like, it doesn't make you wonder why Warner brothers ain't even screaming and hollering too. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't, I just want everybody. There's a couple fans that are even hollering at them. I just want it all to come out. I want all the people to, cause they should be, uh, Warner brothers should also be in that, in that fold too, of wanting some clarity about what happened to Prince as well. I'm just tired of everybody celebrating and stuff and they need to keep that focus on in particular, the fact that we lose all our black artists like this, this can't go on and it, it cannot continue because we've lost too many. I don't know if we can fill the hole of losing Prince and Mike, Whitney, Stevie, Billy Paul. I mean, there's so many. Oh, not Stevie Wonder, but uh, I was going to say Billy Paul and uh, Maurice White. I mean, there's just so many, but the ones in particular I'm speaking of, even back to Jimi Hendrix, you know, who we were rock and roll. That was our rock right there. So he left out of here mysteriously. So I just want to, I want the light to stay on these folks so they'll go like, oh, he, he, his family has moved on from their, 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 their the heirs have been picked out. Let's all know, that's, you know, they have a tendency to go back to sleep. You know how these people are. I'm, I'm making sure they stay well. Mm. Keep that third eye open. And keep asking for the truth. Keep asking and demand the truth out of the people that are not talking. So, and I see a lot of the fans doing that. They're banging on some of the people that they think ain't cool. And I go like, I hope they, I hope they'll break one day. But I'm, I'm, I'm going by what the sheriff is telling me. He said soon, very soon, and they was thinking before January that they was going to have the whole thing wrapped up because, like I said, they were they were checking people's phone calls because you know, and and uh, checking out uh, websites, uh, uh, Twitter page. Uh, they're they're uh, uh, they're trying to they're checking out everything that was communicated that day and other days. So that takes a long time. They had to send that information out to California and have their, you know, their agents come out, you know, and work on all that stuff because, you know, a lot of this stuff is cryptid and you couldn't find out anything. But they're 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 slowly but surely pulling things together because they said I will they will have a press conference when they get it all together. They're gonna call me and they're gonna have me come out there and I'm gonna stand with them. Because a lot of people are sitting there going, oh, man, Charles, you're crazy, man. Why are you doing that? You know? Hey, you'll see. And I told him I'll be happy to be there that day. I don't want all the light and all that junk, but I said, I guess if you call me on that, because I said I got some people I want to just go look at them and go like, see, I told you. I told you. All right. Should have been down with a brother. 
there you have that. Uh, where can they find you online, uh, Chaz, to, to connect with you? Any websites or anything? Um, um, I don't. I, my wife does all that for me. I can, uh, um, because I'm not into that. <laughs> I'm not into the, being on the. You know, I, I feel like that's a, a, a real no-no is to be sitting up on the on the internet in any kind of sense. Actually, the phones or anything. So, um, oh, okay. Uh, my wife, my wife can, you know, she can send you that information. Yeah. And yeah. then you can, if you like, you can, you can then distribute it. That would be cool, but I don't want to like throw it out there on the. You I, know, I respect that. I feel you. I feel you for sure. We'll, we'll, but we'll, I will give it to you, and you can, you can, you know, do it like that. But I'm not, I'm not gonna put that out there like that no doubt but we will keep that uh the, the hashtag going justice because for sure you know keep the word out yes sir because let's, let's let's hope we find out what we need to find out and then, then people can the rightful people can be put in the places that they need to be put for doing that for having for for neglecting the brother in any kind of way that's i feel like it was just a whatever anybody could say is like huge neglect and stuff a man that did that much for everybody and you know and move the way he moves. I mean, you're so blessed to have been around this cat, man. I mean, it's not every day you see a genius, let alone get to work with him. That's what's up. Ladies and gentlemen, please leave us your comments on this. Uh, share this. I'm asking all of the, the Prince family and friends uh, and fans out there, share this one out to the community. You know what I'm saying? We love to hear your your thoughts one way or the other. This is a conversation that we got to have. Again, it's it's a conversation that's just as important as the conversation on song rights and all that other stuff we talk about. What's your favorite color? And all that. We got to have this conversation too. Um, and you know what we can, can always... Can I say too that I, oh, appreciate, go ahead. Go ahead. I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you brothers and, and my man... My man, sexy, that came in late, man. <laughs> Thanks, man, for your questions, man. Get I, at him. <laughs> you know, I feel like I feel like you got a lot more to ask and stuff too, man. I wish we could have got to chop it up a little more, but I really appreciate the opportunity to speak. And I know it was crazy because I just am all over the place because I lived this, so it's kind of hard sometimes to um. It ain't easy for me to talk about it. I know it might seem like that, but it's really not. It's it probably will bother me forever. I just don't think I'll ever get over it, mm. but it's really cool to talk about it. It kind of gives me therapy to go to express what I know. Cause I really never talked about it when he was here, not mm. like out to the, up the public or anything like that. I never said these, these stories and people go, you should do a book. But like I said, I, I just want to say, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to you brothers. Cause y'all seem like you're some good brothers and you're going to put this in the right light. Oh, and um, it's yeah. our honor, man. And we appreciate you sharing, you know, the whole thing about, the, this particular podcast and, and maybe others is that we just here to give you a, a platform and a voice because again we're fans you know we got a lot really of love for that so for you to share that with us this is home you know what i'm saying like this is a this ain't, yeah. no, this ain't no gotcha type of place we just want to hear the real from people who was there uh so we we appreciate you coming and sharing with us because without people like you we all we're gonna do is just speculate you know. Well, I figure too. If if we don't do this, this may happen to someone else. For sure, exactly. This, this yeah. may this this may unnoticed. This may go unnoticed because people think rich people and people that are famous got it going on all the time, and it's not like that. Mm. It's not like that. 
Yeah. See, now you make me think, you know, and I will just keep going if we're going. But, you know, I always ask the question, too. And I think I saw this somewhere. Like Prince always was a performer. Like he always performed. The show was always, you know, the way he carried himself when he was in public. Mm. The, the, he always performed no matter how many people was there. But I always wonder, too, about was it was it that a part of why he couldn't be uh, why he couldn't be honest about and again whatever was going on with him to be like it always had to be hidden because it was always a presentation of strength and a presentation that everything was okay even if it wasn't okay um and i'm in my opinion yeah, yeah go ahead go ahead well, I, I say all this. Opinion, I say that. Well, let me say. I just say. I say all that because, as men, as as women too, but as people that are older and have people that depend on us, sometimes. Uh, let me let me frame this in a way. I don't care how this sounds. I know a lot of times. Oh, just break it down. Yeah, as, down. as sometimes as as black men, we don't deal with our health, right? And and and, and we don't <laughs> deal with how that may affect our kids or our kin folk or the people who we're supposed right. to leave inheritance to so when we get in this sometimes we get in these situations where we're not really uh, taking care of ourselves because we want to be proud you know we, we're not going to show weakness Certainly. you know what I'm saying and so I, I almost, sometimes I just be like man I wish there's a certain part of Prince that I don't understand because I haven't lived that life but when I see him and I be like I love what he represents because you know and I'm I'm, I'm going to go long. When I even look at this, this new book that uh, my brother Afshin just came out, a beautiful book of prints, uh, the pictures and stuff. And I was like, man, this brother, he stayed on point. Like, you never was slipping. You know, it was never was slipping. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he was just walking down the street tight, sharp. He made it so you didn't, he made it so you didn't think you couldn't slip. Exactly. But, but, but see, but, I, but, but my thing is, I say about that is, there are certain times as an outsider, I knew he must have been going through some stuff. You know, oh, yeah. there was things that happened that I was like, ah, that's a tragic event. But you never saw him affected by those things. Or even... Well, even, you seem to not affect him, but from what I've read in Alex Hahn's book, well, yes. it just recently came out. Yes, yes, yes. What I've read in there is that there was all kinds of stuff that I didn't know. Like I was telling you at the beginning of this whole thing, when I mm. first talked to you, was that there, I learned a lot about my cousin I did not know. And going back to your your part about us as men being proud, especially black men, grown ass men, we have a tendency to kind of, you know, and it would it, to, to me it just would be impossible to be on Prince's level and uh, be able to do what he was doing. But at the same time, he was extraordinary, mm -hmm. and. For sure. People are saying that we're there, and and you know I've heard from people that have, you know, they 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 claim stuff. I mean, I used to hear stuff, and I I'd go like, oh no, nah, man, there ain't no way, you know, dude was like that. But I know he had to be in great pain. I don't know if he got the. No one's ever told me if he got the hip surgery or not. I I've never, mm. you know, so that would clarify some things to me too. But at the same time, he he was very private. He didn't want any of. That's why I always never really wanted to say anything. Um about anything because I knew that if he wanted to say it or when he, when he was, when it's cool to talk, then we, we could talk. But mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what the brother, he had to, and losing his child, 
that, what right. would that be like losing two kids, divorces? Right. You know what it does to a regular person. Right. But then right. you see Prince get up and do a concert and blow your mind. You go like, hey. Yeah, let me let me stop this for one second. I don't hate to interrupt you, but I'm gonna do this if you don't mind. I'm we're gonna cut this show right here. <laughs> but this conversation that we're about <laughs> to have we may have here, this is gonna be not going out to the mass public. This is gonna stick oh, yeah, yeah. this is yeah, stick yeah, with yeah. Our, our core our, our Patreon. We have a I'll explain it to you, but it's yeah. only it's only a people like fifty or something people. That's the real fans of the show. Cool. This is not a public conversation. So because I, I wanna I wanna say a few things in this one and I don't want I don't need I don't have time to be answering people's um, sort of ignorant questions or miscommunications or what they think we're saying. So I don't <laughs> want to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't blame you. Let me cut that right here. And so moving forward, we're talking with family. Now, listen.